on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. That's the future for at least the next five years, which which I wouldn't have said three years ago. Right? <laughs> I was just going to go there next. You keep ticking all of my magic boxes here. <laughs> Make the content really compelling. Make sure that they can dive into it, engage with it, participate with it, see what we you know, learn from it, right? I think just having that, like you were calling it, that safe space to fail is gonna, is will be a huge dynamic shift from what big it was time. before. Yeah. Big, big time. And, and quite honestly, not only fail, but repeat and try again. And I think right. that's really important. Rich Friedensland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today we're talking about gaming and how it can help with employee engagement with the chief creative officer at the gaming agency, Stephen Baer. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. Now, team, please join me in welcoming the co-founder and managing partner of the gaming agency and the co-creator of the Training Arcade, as well as a monthly contributor to Forbes.com, Mr. Stephen Bear. Stephen, that is a small supply of people I keep trapped under my desk just to applaud you. That's why they're there. How are you today, sir? I'm real good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Listen, could you do me a favor? Just start off nice and simple. Tell my team a little bit about who you are and what it is you do in this industry. Sure. So my name is Steve Bear, as you mentioned. About 15 years ago, I uh, was one of the founders of a company called The Game Agency. And we make games, uh, custom games, as well as turnkey games through our platform called The Training Arcade for a co- combination of things, mostly K-12 and college education, as well as corporate training. And my job in particular is I uh, really run all creative here. Uh, so I get to have a lot of fun, focused on design, storytelling, engagement, and different ways of just making our stuff more polished and interesting. Excellent. You mentioned the magic word of fun. A lot of people, when they think of gaming, the first thing that come, comes to their mind would be fun. How is fun important in what you do? Well, so in particular, when you think about uh, using games for purposes of training, mm-hmm. which is often considered the exact opposite of fun, right? right? You want to make sure that you think about what mediums and games is exactly what we focus on to make it more interesting, right? So the more fun someone's having, the more times they're going to actually engage with it, the longer, the more repetition. And the reality is as a result of that, you're going to see the content actually sticking. So we have so many studies that talk about the more fun it is, the more they learn, the more they retain, and then the more they're able to apply on their day-to-day job. And that's that's the whole goal. And how does that work? I mean, what is it about us playing a game that is so different from us just answering a questionnaire or sitting down and listening to countless people going on about, you know, the area we're going to be working in, the subject matter, the employees, so on and so forth? So I always boil it down to passive versus active learning, right? So if you're going to sit there and watch a video or you're going to read some content or, you know, or, or otherwise, um, a lot of it's going to pass right past you, right? Because you're not actually actively engaging with the content. But if you're playing a game and you're, you know, required to, and one of the things I love about, you know, the work that we do with team bonding is you're required to actually participate, 
right? <laughs> and by participating, you're going to get the information, you're going to um, engage with the information, and you're going to retain the information. So yeah, it's a big difference between passive and active experience. But how does it work? Give me an example of what it looked like before. I mean, what kind of training processes or just even employee retention that we yeah, see? Yeah. We, we do, uh, and I want to pull up a chart if I can during this uh, talk, but you know, we, we, we talk a lot about um, the traditional passive that we discussed, right? And you look at a lot of the um, media types, whether it's reading or watching videos or even listening to lectures, mm. and, and you're seeing that within you know, a 30-day period, 85, 90% of what you learned is gone. It's gone. You know, we always talk about what a crazy uh, media filled world we all live in. And there's so many messages that we're getting every day that why would this thing that I learned in a book a month ago stick with me, you know, versus the 5 million things that I've read or heard since then. Right. So that's, that's the old way of doing stuff. And, you know, one of the things that we've focused on really over the last you know, almost 15 years is trying to make it a, a much more active experience. And the neat thing is, is we've seen a few things. So, you know, in particular, like the work that we do with um, uh, team bonding is uh, in our platform, the training arcade, um, we see a few things. We see that people come back and they play our games um, it's, uh, we did a, st a study of, I think, 2,500 games, and we saw that 57% of people came back and they played each game three or more times. Huh. Well, that's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. And not only that, it's great that they came back, they enjoyed it, but we saw, and I hate the fact that these stats are so similar, but of those 57%, there was a 58% growth in knowledge between the first time they played and the third time they played. Ah. So it actually stuck because you're reinforcing the information. You're giving feedback to someone. You're saying, oh, you got that wrong, but here's the right answer, and here's why, and oh, get an extra few points if you get this right. And the whole point is you make it a fun, immersive, engaging experience. Okay. And what does that give you? I mean, what, what does it tell you on your end of the spectrum? Because you've got the employee, the employee is going in, they're playing the games, they're learning, they're retaining, all great. But what does it tell you about them? Well, I think it depends on the type of game, right? Okay. So, you know, there are some games that are focused on, hey, this person just um, is really good at recall. Okay, that's good. That's important that they know the information. But you may also want to think about games that are going to tell you about soft skills, Right, this person is really good, and they, um, as we're seeing in the way that they're interacting in this game, they have the skills to be in sales or negotiations or customer service. Or you might look at something and say, well, this type of game requires a little more, little more strategic, you know, deduction, right? And you might want to say this person has the ability; they might be management um, quality. And you, there are all different types of game mechanics that can give you lots of ideas about what skills somebody is good at, what behavioral trends they have. And it's not just about what they know, it's how they behave. So once you're able to take the combination of those two things, you can really optimize your workforce. And you can say, you know, this person maybe um, needs these skills. I need to upskill them in this area. Or this person really excels in this category. Mm -hmm. I need to move them into this type of job role because, gosh, they'd be perfect in a sales role based on the things I'm seeing, the way that they are engaging in this soft skills game or whatnot. When, you know, before the world changed, almost two years ago now, certainly a year and a half rather, when I was doing things live, I could tell, because I, I focused a lot on those puzzle games, a lot of, on those uh, escape room type of, of, you know, events. And I could tell you within the first 15 minutes which team was going to win. They were going to be the first ones done, the first ones to get it all correct. And I always said that I could tell because I could tell which one has natural leadership working within their group. 
somebody who is keeping everybody motivated, keeping everybody moving, and can see and get rid of the superfluous. Is that the kind of thing you look for or that you can find? Uh, I, I think that is one of the things you can see. And I think that's a great example, right? Because you, you're quickly seeing someone's behavioral skills, right? You're yep. able to see the way that's, that the way that teams interact. And that's one of the great things about games, right? Games can be a single player experience. It could be, you, know, you sit in your own little silo and you experience this and I can tell, you know, the, the decisions you're making and the, you know, the, 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 the results of your decisions and, and how that impacts your next decision. So, or I can put you in a group like you're talking about and mm-hmm. see, you know, the, the, how people are relating to each other, who's, who's uh, bubbling up as a leader of that team. Um, and, you know, whether there's a, you know, a friction between people, whether people are okay. collaborating or they're competing with each other. Um, and, and quickly to your very point within just a few minutes, you can quickly uh, guess how they're going to perform. Cause I've also seen that, that competitive side come out and usually it starts off with our team's better than your team. We're going to be you but that can quickly turn on the team itself. So looking at things like that, what kind of education do you think that the employee will need going forward from there? Uh, well, I think that, let, let me make sure I understand the question correctly. Cause you know, when I think about the things that the, the games can tell, yeah. I think they can tell um, very quickly. One, does this person do, do these players have the ability to collaborate with each other, right? right? Um, do, do, uh, do, do they have good listening skills? Do they have good observation skills? Um, are they applying those properly, right? Uh-huh. And, and I think that your example of uh, Escape the Room is a perfect example for something like that. But, you know, there are all sorts of games out there, right? right. There are, uh, you know, other types of, you know, puzzlers where you're, you know, basically, you know, looking at process or you're looking at uh, identifying um, categorization or you're thinking about, you know, just basic trivia. And I think that some of those, some relate and some don't to, to exactly what we're talking about here. And I think the wonderful things about games is not only are they fun and not only do they give you lots of uh, ideas of who the person is, but they give you so much data behind the individual, behind, you know, what they know, um, how they behave. And you can quickly take that data and say, all right, a few things. Quickly, I see in this room, 30% of the people don't understand this. Let's stop and talk about it. Okay, that's one thing you could do. Okay. You could also say, hey, I see that this person over here or this team over here, they, they negotiated the heck out of this situation just perfectly. Let's stop and have them tell us about why they did what they did, right? So not right. only can you celebrate what someone's done, but you can really um, lift them uh, on a podium and have them you know, really act as, uh, as your second uh, instructor to the group as to why they did what they did and, and why it worked, right? But now you're talking about seeing games because what I largely work in is games in group dynamics. Mm-hmm. We want because being in team bonding, everything is about building up and and showing them where they fit within that team. What about individuals, individual teams, people who are just, you know, they're, they're gamers going on your website and just playing a game for themselves? Are we so, getting uh, the same? Do we get the same kind of skill base? Do we get the same kind of differentiation of their personalities? 
Yeah, you sure do. I mean, it depends on the game you're playing. So if you play, you know, our scenarios game, which is a branching dialogue, you could go down any type of path. So it could be sales training. It could be customer service training. It could be negotiation training, you know, put, putting them in different situations and then quickly seeing how they perform. And the nice thing is, is that with, the, you know, a game like scenarios, mm-hmm. you're going to not only see how they're performing, but you're going to give them an opportunity to refine their decisions based on the feedback they get. You also allow them to go back and look at the history of how they perform or how they've answered something so they can kind of hopefully analyze, well, hold on, should I be going down a different route? So that's one type of game. Then there's games like, you know, our detective game, which is about more, less about a choose your own adventure and more about analyzing a situation, right? Where you might say, well, what's the root cause of this situation? Or, you know, why, what is the impact of this company versus this company or this group versus this group? And having someone look at the whole picture and really identify from a strategic side where something's going and why it's going that way and what, what are the right decisions to hopefully right-size the situation, right? And those are two good, good examples in my mind of an individual can kind of jump into a game like those. And those could be on any topic. Those could be on hiring people correctly. Those could be on mergers and acquisitions. Those could mm. be on, you know, change management. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's all sorts of different things you can, you know, focus on. So Stephen, uh, if you can hold on for me for just one second here, because we've been talking about them all along, but... I do want to make sure and tell my team out there about a company I am very proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so much more, the team bonding of activities, live, virtual, and hybrid, maximizes the impact of the team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team bonding, when you want seriously fun results. And we're back with Stephen Bear talking just about that kind of gaming and how it affects your employees. So in the live read right there, I was also talking about the the live virtual and hybrid. What do you think works best, Stephen? I mean, you've seen all of it by this point, you know. Yeah, well, I think we've we've all learned a lot over the last eighteen months. Yeah. Right? And, and the reality <laughs> is, uh, and we talk about this a lot, is that you think about it doesn't matter what company uh, people are at. People are so burned out at this point um, sure. because the sheer, sheer exhaustion of trying to navigate through you know this this entire pandemic. Yeah. Right. So the the amazing thing is is that I feel like virtual games have you know really changed the way that people interact with each other because they've just been forced to do so from the you know from the comfort of their own homes and actually you know find little ways of actually interacting engaging bonding with their colleagues right and right. so i think that it's uh, there's been a behavioral change period in the way that people interact with them. so i think that one people have morphed to being comfortable with uh using games that way I will say that, uh, you know, after, you know, 22 months, I finally went back to a, a trade show this you know, last <laughs> month um, yeah. with, with, with uh, ATD. And, um, and at that trade show, it was amazing to just see people in a room together engaging with each other. Right. Um, you know, I think that people miss that. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's masked up still, you know, and, and hopefully I'm vaccinated. But, yep. you know, nonetheless, it's like it's the reality is, is that I think people – are yearning for that experience again. We've seen, and I, you know, I, I think that this is where it gets really creative. Organizations that have figured out how to do the hybrid experience, 
uh, I think are the ones that are going to really be the winners in the long run, because I don't think it's going to be one or the other um, for a very long time. Sure. I think at the end of the day, people are trepidatious about getting back you know, into to what we knew two years ago. Mm. And I think that if I were a betting man, which I am, uh, <laughs> I would say that uh, you know the hybrid experience is really what needs to be optimized. And so you know, to me, what that means, and I'll just use Jeopardy as an example, because you mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. um, is really understanding not only how to engage an audience in person as well as you know from afar but having the technology to do that too right Right. because you want everyone to feel included you want everyone to feel like they're just as important regardless of where they're located you want everyone to feel like they're engaging with the content at the same time at the same speed and that they're working with the facilitator or you know their their team or their competition Mm -hmm. and they feel like they're part of it so i think to me that is where the money is. I think that's where, and I don't, I don't mean the, the, you know, the dollars. I mean, that's I, in my, my mind, that's where people need to be focusing their efforts because that's the future for at least the next five years, which, which I wouldn't have said three years ago. Right? <laughs> okay. But what do you see? What do you, what do you hope to find uh, as, as we go forward? Because uh, like you said, this is not going to change things, you know, even if God willing, we lose the, the whole COVID element within the next year, this is now a working model. And yeah. people, we, we've talked on this very podcast about the great resignation. We've talked about people have, you know, moved entire their entire family from one location to another because they wanted to get away from the congested city life that they have, but now they don't want to go back. So right. not only, not only do I want to go back, but, you know, we, we were just talking about this earlier today uh, mm-hmm. in our own company, right? We're working on, uh, you know, a company-wide meeting. Well, it's 150 people. I'm trying to think about who the heck actually wants to go travel anymore. Right. right? So, you know, while uh, you know, a, a few years ago, we would go, go down to Key West or to Ojai, California or to Phoenix or somewhere fun as a big group. Yep. Everyone says, Nah, I'm okay. I'll just stay at home. Yeah. So how do you engage that person? How do you make them feel like they are really uh, an important part of the community? If you can't take them out to drinks, if you can't, you know, do some, some sort of team bonding thing with them in person, Mm -hmm. you need to think about the ways to make them feel like they are really part of your culture and it's ongoing. So maybe that is, you know, finding that that weekly happy hour that you do as a team and trying to make sure that you support people. It's, and then you know, one of the things to also think about is, is sometimes it's not just about a game or right. an experience. Right. So we talk about the, just, you know, the difference between games and gamification. So I kind of just, for, for any of your listeners who don't know the difference, you know, I think that it's really important to think about a game is something you're going to just hop in, you're going to play and you're done. You might come back and do it again, right? right? But a gamification experience is really looking at holistically levels of competition, points, badges, leaderboards, prizes, and trying to make sure that you think about um, all sorts of things that might uh, actually drive those things, right? So it may not just be playing a game. It might be watch these many videos, do these tasks, read okay. this material, you know, um, log on to the, the network and, you know, uh, share some best practices with your colleagues, but ways of actually motivating and activating your employees or your audience to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that companies are more and more thinking about how do we use gamification as a whole to engage people, regardless of whether they're in our office, in their homes or, or elsewhere. Yeah. Excellent. Cause I was just going to go there next. You keep, Ticking all of my magic boxes here <laughs> uh, because I wanted to talk about the employee culture. I, I have 
been at this job with team bonding since 2009 myself. And I've seen it where we get the return clients who every six months, every year would get their people back, back together again. And, you know, would fly me out somewhere and I would get together with all their management level people and we would do a fun event together, so on and so forth. How can gaming actually assist with the full culture now? Because like you say, it's going to be the successful company is going to be the one that can actually navigate between being live together, being virtual or a combination of the two. This past two years have been incredibly pivotal for us as a business. Mm -hmm. As you kind of imagine gaming, distant you know, experiences, virtual experiences um, have just been you know, on fire. Mm -hmm. And so you know, in addition to building out virtual gameplay, one of the things that we built and launched and have seen a lot of adoption is what we call our arcade. And so our arcade plugs into any website, plugs into any learning management system. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is the companies that are really adopting ways of um, engaging their employees, motivating their employees, activating their employees, are giving them daily, weekly, monthly tasks to do and really dangling that carrot, if you will, right? It's thinking about what things do we want you as an employee to do to better yourself, to improve your career, to improve your division, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And, and it's not just about, you know, we want you to drive more sales or it's not just that we want you to take this course. It might, it's not just that we want you to share best practices it's that we have this whole variety of goals that we want you to do as an employee and thinking about giving an ecosystem where you can drive that and motivation, um, whether it's intrinsic motivation or extrinsic motivation, really motivating that employee to, to participate in, the, in the, the greater cause, if you will. Okay. Where does this start for an employee? Uh, I think that the neat thing is that it not only is a start it, you know, as a new employee in the onboarding process, but it really, there's so many touch points, right? So to me, you can really take something like this concept and apply it from the day one that someone starts at a company with onboarding and making sure that they understand the culture, making sure they understand the products and the processes and the services and all that type of stuff. But you can really layer this into a whole variety of things. So whether you're training, you know, on sales training or you're training on compliance training or you're training, you're training on diversity inclusion, the whole point is, is make the content really compelling. Make sure that they can dive into it, engage with it, participate with it, see what, you know, learn from it, right? And okay. also make it a safe place to fail. You know, at the end of the day, people don't like to look bad in front of their colleagues, but sure. if they're in their own little ecosystem, they can try stuff out. They can see what works. They can um, make sure that they hopefully are getting smarter and better in a safe zone and in a zone where they're going to be motivated to do so, whether it's, you know, based on pricing or experiential or, or otherwise, I believe that a well-built well gamification program is going to be sprinkled throughout someone's career and throughout, uh, you know, throughout the journey that someone has at a company. Um, it's not just something that's a one-stop, like a game. It's something that right. it should be part of the, the employee experience. Okay. So tell me, let's say that I'm a, a manager or even a CEO. Tell me why I should be making this a part of my everyday for my employees. So, I, because everything was fine uh, up, uh, up to a year and a half ago. Um, now you're telling me I need to do this as well. So why? Yeah, so, yeah, so I think that the big why is that, one, people are burned out. 
They want a level of motivation. They want a level of engagement. Um, you know, the, if you, as you talked about earlier, the, the, the great resignation, what is it, like 40% of the, you know, people in this country say that they have either quit or they plan on quitting or they're right. thinking about quitting, right? right? That's why you need to change things. It's not where we were two years ago, right? So, <laughs> okay. okay, well, what is the form of motivation that you can do? What's the form of way of getting people to interact with each other, compete with each other, collaborate with each other? It's kind of got to turn things on their head and think about what were the things as children that drove us to do certain things, those things, those, those instincts haven't gone away, mm. but we're now in a much structured, more structured environment, a corporate environment. Maybe we need to bring some of that fun back. Maybe we need to make sure that we're having people engage with each other and content and we're um, incentivizing them to do things we want to in a new way, right? No one wants to read a PowerPoint. No one wants right. to watch a, you know, a, an hour long video. No one wants to read a, you know, a 200 page manual. It's just that people don't, don't want to do that. Mm. And so we have to think about meeting people where they are. Um, so, you know, whether it is, you know, taking games that are obviously um, interesting to people, whether it's taking micro content, which is digestible by people, whether it's incentivizing them with prizes and incentivizing them with, uh, you know, ex ex experiences. I think you just need to meet people where they are today. What kind of examples do you have? I mean, you, you talked about the, uh, the detective game, which immediately that inspired me to want to know more. But what, what kind of games do you offer and what do they teach you? I mean, what can I learn about myself is what I'm looking for here. Yeah, so we, we break our games down into a few different categories. So I'll start with things like just basic recall, okay? So, you know, recall is less about it's going to teach me, uh, you know, about myself. It's going to help me understand what I know and what I don't. And it's going to reinforce the stuff that I don't know and teach it to me, right? Okay. Games, in my mind, are should be used less for just assessment, but also as a teaching opportunity. So let's under that category of you know games that we have for recall. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned earlier we have the the official li license to Jeopardy, and we've been uh, working with Sony Productions on that for the last few years, and um, have that as a single player game as well as uh, you know uh, audience facilitated game group play. We also uh, launched uh, maybe about half a year ago uh, Wheel of Fortune, uh, and that's been a wonderful game. And, and the reason I like those two is despite the fact that they are 35, 40 year old intellectual properties, right. They are, they are properties that everybody understands, everybody knows, everyone's comfortable with. And, you know, the, the last thing you want when it comes to a game is for someone to be trepidatious about getting in and playing. You want someone to be able to pick it up, play, feel comfortable, and hopefully have fun, right? Okay. So, so those fall into that category. We also have other games that fall into the recall category, like an endless jumper. So if you're familiar with doodle jumping, you're jumping from platform to platform, answering questions, avoiding obstacles. Okay. That one actually has, when I talk about the fact that they, you know, some of our games have three or more replays, that's a game that has uh, north, north of six replays on average, which is great because it's just more gamey, right? Yep. We have a game um, called Match, which is very similar to Candy Crush, you know, basically swapping images you're answering before and throughout the levels, different questions. So those are all recall games, right? Okay. But then we also have games that are more like scramble games where you have to basically drag and drop different things into um, different categories, gotcha. focusing on categorization, focusing on process. We have those soft skill games like um, scenarios that really help you understand more, more about the person's behavioral output. We have the strategy games like Detective. I think it, we have 10 games all together, and they're really meant to focus on a variety of both uh, business objectives as well as uh, you know, personal and professional objectives. You mentioned that person who is a little more trepidatious about getting involved in these type of things, and I've seen it throughout my entire career. 
where you will have, as people are coming in, the excited gung-ho, let's go, let's do this. You've got the eye roller, but they're still going to play along. And you got the people who just sink into the background and don't want to be noticed. How do these games get all those types, the different types of players involved? Well, the first thing is making sure that they're easy to pick up and play. Right. So okay. at the end of the day, we don't want to have a game that, you know, they're, they're, the, the person who's let's do this, let's do this might be someone who's been playing games forever and um, is comfortable picking up a deep simulation. We're not going to start there, right? Because that's not for everybody. Right. So making sure that you have games that are easy to understand, easy to play, have a little forms of reward along the way. Right. So, you know, and also little forms of um, pressure along the way. Right. So you want to make sure that all the games have you know, time challenges. You want to make sure that mm. they have things like they're celebrating streaks if you get three in a row make sure they're talking about that make sure you have animations that pop up that are just kind of interesting and put you know have a sense of whimsical you know humor to them right Mm -hmm. the more that you can actually relate to a person and engage them on a one-on-one basis um, i think it's really important so we try to make sure that our games are easy are fun certainly pull people out of their comfort zone a little bit but give them a safe place to fail if, if that makes sense Sure. Do you see this type of philosophy of gaming actually going forward and changing the environment itself or just helping to improve the employee's place in it? Well, I think that the I think that the games themselves are going to help somebody understand the content, prove that they understand the content, apply that understanding to the content. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think that that last part, the application, I think that will change you know the outcome of a particular um, organization or situation. That's one. But okay. when it comes to gamification, I feel like that as a whole can change an organization. I think if you have lots of people rowing in the same direction, doing certain things, and once again, it's about gamification. It's less about a game. It's about taking you know real world situations and right. uh, incentivizing and applying game mechanics and game theory to, uh, to to other situations. So if you're able to take game theory and you know game components and say. We want to make sure that we're incentivizing and motivating it, uh, our employees to do certain things. That's going to change that company. That's mm-hmm. going to change the um, the culture. That's going to change the outcome. I think just having that, like you were calling it, that safe space to fail is going is will be a huge dynamic shift from what big it was time. before. Yeah, big big time. And and quite honestly, not only fail but repeat and try again. And I think right. that's really important, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want someone to say, well, I got that wrong, too bad. You want someone to say, I got that wrong, but I think if I try again, I could get it right. Mm-hmm. And the, the good thing is if they get it right in your virtual world, hopefully they'll get it right in the real world. And that's what any company wants. They want their employees to be successful in, in the field on the job. So why not have them spend, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes playing a game and really digesting the content, trying out different skills so that they can apply in the real world and be successful. It ultimately is going to save the company or make the company a lot more money. What about the higher ups? Where do they exist in all this? Are they going to be part of the process as well? You're looking management level and above. Well, yeah. I mean, so the, we see that management teams uh, engage on two levels. So the, the first level is, because these games are so data rich, that gives management a real indication as to what people know and how they behave. So I think you know the, the nice thing is when you think about traditional training and employee engagement, overall, you know, there's not that much data that can be you know succinctly provided to management to help them understand their employee base. So that's the first thing. Uh, and I think that's really important. But it's not just you know for them to deploy training for their employees and right. say, 
we'll sit back here and watch and uh, good luck with everything. You know, then, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I believe that all employees, whether you're, you know, right out of school and first day on the job or you're, you know, you know, 40 years into your career, at the end of the day, we all have room for growth. So, you know, it, it may not be a recall game. Maybe it is, but maybe it's about a management training game. Maybe it's about soft skills. Maybe it's about figuring out how to negotiate better. Maybe it's figuring out how to manage better. Maybe it's figuring out how to analyze better. At the end of the day, uh, there's there's a game for in my mind a game mechanic in my mind for all all forms of your all periods of your career um, all genders all age I think it's just finding the right ones that match that person right and that situation okay let's look to the future a little bit where do you see the gamification progressing and what kind of benefits can we look for so I would say that two years ago. Um, pre-pandemic, there were certain pockets that games were great for. I mean, sales training is really probably the best one, right? So sure. it's, it's a very competitive nature. But what we found is, is that as a result of uh, so much moving to a virtual world and, and trying to figure out how to engage people as a whole and keep people um, motivated to participate in the company overall, where I've seen is, is that Today, we have several hundred companies and several million learners on our platform. And what's neat is, is that you can use gaming for so many different things. Let's, let's look at a few examples. We have a number of um, call centers using our games um, to engage uh, their employees. And, you know, it's interesting that call centers, they share something that a lot of companies have, you know, whether it's retail or quick service restaurants or whatnot, they have incredibly high turnover. So how do you make sure that you, as you have new employees coming in, who have to understand product, they have to understand service, understand process. And right. by the way, you got, you know, five days to train them on all of that. And you want to rinse and repeat. You want to make sure that that's easy. So I think that's, that's a, a really easy area. And thinking about if you're, if you're at a large company, we're going to have high turnover and you have potentially people who are looking to, you know, we're, we're not looking to, to read long manuals and, you know, go through long videos and, and whatnot that might be a great way to engage with the content. So that's, that's a starting point. Uh, but then, you know, we also take it to a totally different spectrum. We see management consulting firms using games, right? We talk, talk about thinking about, you know, how do you really, this comes down to soft skills and strategic skills, okay. right? And really understanding situations and going through different simulations and understanding what the repercussions of their decisions are. And that could be on anything mm -hmm. from, as I mentioned earlier, change management or thinking about growth strategy or talking about positioning overall. And there's lots of game mechanics that can really simulate those situations. So I, you know, I think the neat thing is, is that companies are seeing that the more that they can have someone really get behind a screen and try something in a virtual world and learn from it, they, they'll be able to apply those, uh, those skills that they've, they've gained in, in the real world and ultimately saving or driving a lot more revenue to the, to the company. Thank you so much, Steven. This was a fantastic conversation. Thank you for coming on and being a part of it. I, I could go on for another easily half hour. But that's a long podcast. We don't, we don't want to force anybody to sit through that. But ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together one more time for Stephen Bear. <laughs> Stephen, can you tell my team out there uh, where they can find you and more information about this topic? Yeah, by all means. So if you come to thegameagency.com, that's our services business. And if you go to thetrainingarcade.com, that is our product. 
And I encourage you to take a look at it. Also, just uh, we, we love working with Team Bonding. They've, we've been partnering with them for the last few years. So um, you don't have to come directly to us. You can go directly to them as well um, <laughs> if you're looking to do, do events. But I appreciate the opportunity to chat and always passionate about the topic. So thank thanks so you. much. Yeah, no, this it's a great topic. It's a great conversation. And it's something that I hadn't, I mean, even being in this business, I hadn't thought about where it's going to go from here. So thanks so much for coming on board. I'm kind of sucking up to you a little bit right now, Stephen, just so you know, because as I told you before we began, it's time for my speed round. They gave me this great soundboard, so I got to get all the cheese with it. All right, my friend, so this is how this is going to work. In 60 seconds, I'm going to ask you a series of innocuous questions. You just give me the fastest answers you can. The idea is to answer as many questions as possible within 60 seconds. If you are feeling competitive at all, if that is what your nature is when it comes to gaming, the number to beat is 13. 13 questions. All right. Can I, can I ask you a question? Am I going to yeah. know any of the answers? That's what I really want to know. What's that? Uh, will I know any of the answers to this or no? It's uh, all It's all about you. This is all conversation. Like conversational, uh, quick answer things for you. So, yes, you will know all of these. It's not like I'm going to ask you, like, what did I eat for breakfast today? Okay, good. I don't know the answer to that. All right. right. So with that in mind, as soon as you hear the music, I'll ask the first question and away we go. What's your name? Steve Bear. How many kids do you have? Three. Which one's your favorite? Arlo. Hey, if you could time travel, where would you like to go? Uh, Turkey, 1932. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, mint chocolate chip. Nice. Best childhood memory? Uh, snow blowing uh, business. That was my first business. Excellent. Favorite holiday? Hanukkah. If you could eat any food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken. <laughs> if you could be a cartoon character for a week, which one would you like to be? Woody Becker. If you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm trying to remember. Um, I, I would say George Washington. Okay. Uh, favorite childhood book? Uh, Nancy Drew series. Are you a leader or a follower? Leader. Uh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Are you ready? How do you think you yeah. did? I think I got 13. Do you think so? You actually got, my friend, 11. 11 oh. cor- correct answers. I say correct answers. It was, because- the, it was the going back in history. And it was. Know. It oh, was. See? You got to have these things ready to go, buddy. That's how you do it. All right. <laughs> I have something to aspire to. So you've motivated me to try again in the future. Good. Well, hopefully we'll get to have you back sometime soon so we can see if you can do better. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, please, one more time, a big round of applause for Stephen Bear. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on board. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. But that's it, gang. It is one more time to wrap up Team Building Saves the World. If you're new to the podcast, just happen upon it, or you're an old fan of the podcast, thank you so much for coming on and listening to us today. Please share this information with everybody that you may know, whether they're a coworker, a friend, a family member. We would love to spread the news of this really important topic to the world. Also, uh, if you'd like to find out more about us, you can look at all of our previous uh, podcasts at teambonding.com forward slash podcast. 
You can also find us on Spotify, Google, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We will be there. We're also on all the social medias at Team Bond Podcast. So please go ahead and click on it and, you know, learn about us and leave a comment that I can possibly read in future episodes. That would be great. But for now, my friends, that's going to be it for me and another episode. So thank you so much for coming on board with us. I hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as I've enjoyed being here. And always remember, my friends, no matter where you are in the world, you are now a part of my team and I am forever going to be on yours. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys, and I'll see you next time. It's been said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your coworkers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.